Father God, we come to bless you for all that you're doing, all that you're making in each and every one of us, Father God. That you are making, you're forming us into something greater, something better. We give you all the honor and all the praise that your hand is upon us. Hand is with us for great purposes, Lord. For great purposes. We thank you, Lord, that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Lord, Lord, we don't want to preach long because there is freedom here today, Lord. That, Lord, each and every person leave here completely free of anxiety, completely free disease, completely free everything the evil one wants to put on them. Let every yoke be broken today. For your glory, Lord. For your glory. Jesus' name. And all the people said, Amen. Amen, amen, amen. You can be seated. I'm going to preach not long today because I really believe there's an anointing here just to worship God. And we want to get back to sometimes just got to praise God. But if you open your Bible, you can turn to, uh, to Matthew 16. And Father, I, I thank you for your word, Lord. I thank you. There is nothing like your word, Father God. And Father God, we, we just come to your word today, Lord. Father God, with a holy reverence holy reverence of your word, that your word is so powerful. And when we get in line with your word, Father God, wonderful things happen. Things that we can't even explain. So Father God, help us to see what you want us to see today. And let the word penetrate into our hearts, Lord. Let the word penetrate. Let the word come and heal. Let the word encourage. Let the word strengthen in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. I'm going to preach from um, Matthew 16 today. So open your Bible to Matthew 16. And this is a part where Jesus says, it begins with Peter's confession. And I'm going to read from verse 13, Matthew chapter 16. This is Jesus' confession. When Jesus came into a region of Caesarea Philippi, he said to his disciples, Who do men say that I am? Who do men say that I am, the Son of Man am? So they said, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you, that you are Peter and on this rock I'll build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he commanded his disciples they should tell no one that he was Jesus the Christ. From that time Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem, suffer many things from the elders, chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him saying, far be it from you Lord, this shall not happen to you. And he turned to Peter and said, get behind me Satan, you're an offense to me for you are not mindful of the things of God but the things of men. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, Let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. What profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? I'll stop there. Okay, here's a passage where Jesus, he's really describing what it is to be a Christian. Because a a true Christian begins with Peter. 
Peter, Jesus is saying to people, who do you say that I am? And the most important thing about you, and the important thing about anybody here, is what you make of Jesus. That's the most important thing about your life. And Peter, the other people have got no idea. Jesus has got no idea who he is except for Peter. Because the Bible says the Holy Spirit revealed to Peter who Jesus was. And so Jesus is revealed to Peter. And when the Holy Spirit is re reveals Jesus to you, this is when in the Spirit you have a face-to-face -face encounter with Jesus. You actually see who Jesus really is. You don't read about him. It just gets actually you see the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So a true Christian is someone who has had this face-to-face -face encounter with Jesus in the Spirit and has Jesus Christ revealed to them that He is the Messiah. He is the one the, the, the prophets promised would come, that would be the suffering servant, would die for our sin and redeem us and take us to heaven. He, that is Jesus. And the Holy Spirit has to reveal that to you. So the, the, the Peter can... Uh, uh, has a face-to-face -face encounter, he has a revelation of Jesus Christ, and then he makes confession of Jesus. This is called Peter's confession. So he confesses Christ, and a real Christian has the face-in-face the -face encounter with Jesus, understands who he is, then confesses Christ and confesses him publicly. And this is what every believer needs to do. You can't be a secret Christian. If once Christ has been revealed to you, if you're a true Christian, you will confess Him as your Lord. You'll publicly be happy to confess Him. There are no closet Christians. So that's what a real Christian is. And uh, Peter has this revelation. That's amazing. He has a revelation from the Holy Spirit. He speaks about that revelation. And then his flesh takes over again. When Jesus speaks about the cross, Jesus speaks about him going to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders. This is about the cross and be killed and be raised on the third day. And when he heard about the cross, Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you. And Jesus said, Get behind me, Satan. Jesus then said, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. So that the third thing a true Christian must have, he must have a revelation of Jesus Christ in the Spirit. He must have a, uh, someone who has confessed Christ as his Lord and Savior publicly. But thirdly, he must have a revelation of the cross. And he must have a revelation of the cross. And a lot of people, they do have a revelation of the cross. And they believe the cross, and they understand the cross is a place where Jesus Christ came and he died as he promised, as all the prophets promised. He died on the cross, and he died for a purpose that his uh, perfectly righteous life may be credited to your account, that your sin may be forgiven, and his perfectly righteous life may be accredited to you when you put your faith in him. That's what happens when you trust Jesus. Your unrighteousness is obliterated by God and his righteousness is put into your account. But Jesus said this, he said afterwards, he said, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross. For whoever desires to save his life and lose it, whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. So he says, the cross is not only about forgiveness, but you can come into the church every week and believe that Jesus died for your sin 
and believe that you can be forgiven, and you will be, if you put your faith in Him, over and over and over again. But we have to understand that the cross, what Jesus died, was not just for the forgiveness of sin, but is something that we must apply to our own lives. In order for His life to become our life, the cross must be applied to our own life. And Jesus said, he says, if you're going to come after me, this, is mean, if you, this means if you are going to not only be a believer, but be a disciple of Jesus Christ. If you are going to be a disciple of me, a true disciple, he says, anyone who comes after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Now, in this generation, that, the culture we live in, that advice, just, it just sounds crazy. Because we... We don't live in a culture that speaks about self-denial. We live in a culture that speaks about self-love, self-esteem, self-approval, that whatever you've got to do to make self feel good, you do it. If you need to sleep with someone, you sleep with them because it makes you feel good. If you need to take drugs to feel good, you take drugs because this is a culture we live in. We just believe that whatever you feel like doing, Whatever your flesh nature feels like, just do it. But Jesus said, he said, to be a Christian, to be a true Christian, and only believe and have a revelation of Jesus and confess him, you must be somebody who is willing to deny himself. So you must be willing to someone who's denied himself. Let me speak about what denial is not. You know, there was a movement after about the 5th century in the church. It's called monasticism, and we use the term asceticism today, where, you know, some people believe, and, you know, uh, I think it's Catholics have this thing called Lent, that it's a good thing every year to just not eat chocolate for a month or to not drive your car. Whatever it is that you're going to do, uh, the monks used to get up at 4 a.m. and not have a blanket in the middle of winter, and they would deny themselves, and Jesus never asked for any of that. So that is, that is religion. It's the height of religion is the height of dead works. Jesus doesn't ask us to just, he didn't crucify himself on the cross, and he doesn't ask us to come up with ways to make ourselves suffer and to make ourselves miserable. That is not what denial is. Denial is, it's not anything to do with, because Buddhism has that. Buddhism just has, you know, deny yourself into a place of nirvana. But what denial is, is you've got to realize when you become a Christian, you have an old self and you have a new self. The new self is Christ come to live in you. He has come to live in you in the form of the Holy Spirit. But your old self, it loves the approval of men and women, it loves approval, and it loves the comfort of the world. And when Jesus says, you need to deny yourself, he's speaking about denying yourself those things. He's speaking about denying yourself all the comfort the old man desires and all the approval of, of people the old man desires, all the things the old flesh loved before it got saved. And he said, all those comforts... All those approvals must be denied. And you know one of the reasons people, won't, I've learned over the years why people don't deny themselves. 
And Jesus said, he says, you've got to deny yourself because he said, uh, whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Because through denial, through denial, we find the life, the new life that Christ has put in us. The life of Christ, is, that's where we find it through denial. Whereas a lot of people won't deny themselves, they won't deny their flesh, they won't deny their appetites, their, they'll satiate every appetite of, of lust and you know, all these things, we'll do, because we actually think we're denying ourselves into some sort of void. We're surrendering to God into nothingness. That we're just going to forego all kind of pleasure, all kind of comfort for nothing. Most people think that. That's why people don't become Christians. Because they they know they've got to give stuff up, but they think they're going to give it up for nothing. and, and, And believers don't get edified. You know, it's, it's the great mistake of the church these days, and this is why we don't like these passages. We think that Christ came to serve us and to bless us rather than transform us. But this passage is about being transformed, receiving His life in replacement for your life. And it's the pathway for that to happen. So, people think we are surrendering into a place of kind of emptiness and, and nothingness. But Jesus says, this is for me, for he who denies himself and loses his life for my sake will find it. What's he speaking about? He's speaking about kingdom life. He's speaking about the path to kingdom life, which was full of joy, which is full of peace, which is full of the blessings of God. It's the very life that Jesus had. It's the very life that he lived. And he's saying the path to receive kingdom life, you know, kingdom life is about having God's honor in your life. It's about having God's power in your life. It's about having God's favor in your life. This is what we're looking to find. This is what Jesus said, you'll find this. His honor, His glory, and His power, His kingdom blessings in your life. But first, there must be a denying of self and a taking up the cross. So, my question is, what empowers you? What will empower you to be able to deny yourself? Because yourself often wants to go that way. And God is saying, I want you to go this way. Yourself is often saying, I I really want, my flesh really wants to do this. Maybe it's to drink or it's to do these things that the Word of God tells you not to do. And He says, what is the the key? And I think one of the keys is to realize that the old man or the self-life is not worth saving. Because Jesus says, he who loses, what, Jesus says, whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but if ever loses his life for my sake will find it. Who's ever had a, 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 an experience where you are being tempted, your flesh wants you to go that way, 
and you know God is saying, no, go this way, but you give in to it and you go that way. Who's ever eaten the fruit of that? It's never good. You for, every time you go that way, you forfeit God's peace, you forfeit God's favor, you forfeit God's blessing on your soul. So the truth is, the self-life is not worth saving. It's not worth saving because there's no blessing there. But people who, who actually are able to deny self and come into a place of denying self understand the purpose in denying self. The purpose in denying self is that you can have the most precious thing in the world, which is new life in Christ. New life in Christ. Christ didn't just die to give you the benefit of his death. He died to give you his life. And in order to come in and experience the benefits of his life in you, you must deny your old self. And it's like, to me, it's like, uh, it's like if you were to live on the moon. If you, 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 can't, you can't live on the moon because the conditions are not right there. You can't exist in that environment. You would have to learn to adapt. Now, you, in order to be living in the kingdom of God, when you're saved, you come into a whole new environment. You're not of this world anymore. You're of the kingdom, and you need to learn to adapt. And the way you adapt to living in the kingdom is to deny yourself. The, the way you come into the life of Christ and the life of the kingdom, of his honor and his power and his glory, the way you come into that environment, you come into the realm of the spirit, the, the, the realm of the spiritual man must begin with denying of self. Denying of self. And if you don't, you cannot, your old self cannot exist. Well, let me say, the life in Jesus that he comes to give you, kingdom life, cannot exist without driving out the old self-life. So the old selfish ways, the old desires of your old man, unless that is driven out, the new life of Jesus cannot come forth. Because he is in the Spirit. Holy Spirit is in you. That is the life of Christ. He wants to come forth. But in order for him to come forth, the old man, this is why the Bible says he must be crucified with Christ. There must be a determination that my old self, my old ways must be crucified. And the way I do that is when my, those desires come up, I must be willing to deny myself. I must be willing to say no to those things. Because unless I deny myself, the new life can come forward. And the problem is the old life fights. The old life, the old desires fight. So what is the way to empower ourselves to deny ourselves? There is, there's, a little, there's a little word here that has a big meaning. And... Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take his cross and follow me. So it's basically saying the new life that we are speaking about is in Jesus. 
And there must be a denial of self and an imitation of Jesus. A denial of self and an ongoing imitation of Jesus for the new life to come forth. And, you know, he, to deny self and, and, and to want to be like Jesus means that there's, a, there's an ongoing uh, attitude all day in my life where I, I don't want what my old self wanted, but I, I want to be occupied with His teaching. I want to be occupied with His will for my life. I want to be occupied with His honor in my life. I want to be occupied with His glory in my life. I want these things, and that's got to be a thing that's happening in my, my, in my life all day long, every day. That's why the Bible says we die daily. So that the self-life is crucified and the Christ-life can come forward in me. And this is what God wants for you. He, he doesn't want for you as a believer, this is what a lot of people have believed in the church, He doesn't want you to come and get saved and be blessed and to remain the same. He wants you to be transformed. His aim is to transform you into Jesus. And the Holy Spirit is the seed of that transformation. But in order for the life, the fullness of Christ, His glory, His power, His joy, His peace to come forward, there must be an ongoing pattern of denying these old carnal desires, crucifying them, and every time I do that, I come more into the kingdom environment. Now, the power of this is seen, I, I think, in, I preached this last Sunday night, but in Genesis. In Genesis, you have a, 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 a young fellow, and he's young at the time, called Isaac. And he is the son of Abraham, we know. And the Bible says in Genesis chapter 6, there was a famine in the land. Besides the famine that was in the days of Abraham, Isaac went to Abimelech, king of Philistines in Gerar. Then the Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land which I shall tell you. Dwell in the land, and I will be with you and bless you. For to you and your descendants I will give all these lands and perform the oath that I swore to Abraham your father. I'll make your descendants as mighty as this. He gives all the promises he gave to Abraham. And he says, Blessed. And he says, Abraham was blessed because he obeyed my voice and kept my statutes and my charge. So Isaac dwelt in Gerar. Verse 6, so Isaac dwelt in Gerar. So here we have a situation is where Isaac, his flesh wants to go to Egypt. There's a famine and he, he wants to go to Egypt. And Egypt is like America. It's like the superpower of the day. All the good things are in Egypt. All the exciting things are in Egypt. And there's probably a myriad of reasons why he wanted to go to Egypt. But the Word of God came to him and said, stay here in the land which is a land of famine. There's plenty in Egypt, but there's famine in Canaan. God says, stay in the land. So his flesh, all his old nature... Is, is pulled that way, and God is saying, no, I want you to go this way. So it requires Isaac to deny himself. But God said this to him. He said, if you 
deny yourself. He said in verse 3, I will be with you and I will, be, I will bless you. I'll bless your descendants and give all these lands. And it says that after this, Isaac sowed in that same land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold for the Lord blessed him. What we want in our life is nothing to do. What you really want is nothing to do with what your old man or your flesh wants. What we want in our life and what the most valuable thing in your life is the blessing of God on your life and to be God to be with you. And God said to Isaac, he said, here's a test. Your flesh wants to go that way and I'm calling yourself to deny yourself and be where I tell you to be. And it was after he denied himself and obeyed the word of God that all the kingdom blessings, all the life of Christ came to be in him. It says that God blessed him. God was with him. It said all his enemies came to be at peace with him. People could see that God was with him. His enemies feared him. And it says because of that, Isaac always had wells. If you follow the rest of the chapter, Isaac dug all these wells. And he had all these wells. And the wells in the Bible are always, they're always the source of blessing. So Isaac got all this. He got everything that was really important, everything that was really valuable. His enemies came to fear him and be at peace with him. It says that he sowed in a year of drought and he reaped a hundredfold. God blessed him. The man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. So he became prosperous. His enemies were at peace for him. He sowed in a drought and God supernaturally made him you know, reap a hundredfold. The Bible says he, he lived by the wells. And the wells always mean a source of blessing. And the Bible says because he was willing to deny himself, God was with him. And God blessed him in every way. In other words, he came into the blessings, the full blessings of the kingdom after he passed the test of being willing to deny himself. And see, I believe that what the, the problem in the contemporary church is, and, and Paul said this about false teachers, he said, these false teachers wouldn't be the enemy of Christ. They'd be enemies of the cross of Christ. The reason the church can't come into all the goodness and all the blessings and all the kingdom victory and the life of Christ is because we teach that the cross is about forgiveness, but we don't teach the cross also has to be applied to ourselves where we need to deny ourselves and pick up our cross. That means be obedient to God when God's saying go this way and your flesh wants to go that way. But when we actually come to the place where we say, yes, I also have a cross to bear like Christ has a cross to bear. He didn't want to go to the cross. He was in Gethsemane and says, if, if, if by possible, God, take this, 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 this away from me, this cross. But because he knew it was God's will, he denied himself and he became obedient to death. And after that, he got the victory. He came into his kingdom. And the same with us. We, we're going to be tested many, many times. But every time you're willing to deny yourself, every time you're willing to deny your flesh and obey God, you get more of Christ. You get more of his kingdom.
you get transformed more into his likeness. But unless you actually have the cross applied to your life, you're going to come in here and you're going to be forgiveness. You may be saved, but you're going to be as angry as you were last year. You're going to be as frustrated as you were last year. Your life isn't going to be changed. Life only gets changed. We only get transformed into the likeness of Christ to the degree which we apply the cross to ourselves. And when my flesh wants to go that way, I know God's saying this way, I deny myself. And Every time we do that, we position ourselves like Isaac to come into more of God's favor, more of God's goodness, more of his glory, more of his honor, more of his power in our lives. Because Jesus said these words, he said, if anyone wants to come after me, it's really saying, if anyone not only wants to be where I am, but be what I'm like. If anyone desires that, and that's what you really want. That's what you really want. That's what every human being, that's what everyone God created really wants. We want to be like Jesus. Whoever loses his life for my sake, whoever denies himself, loses his life, has that habit, will find it. Find what? Find kingdom life. Find more than the world can ever offer you. But it comes through denial. And you know, the, there's, there's, I'm sure people have had the experience, like I said earlier, where we know we're being tempted. We, you know, the world's offering us something over there, or the applause of men is over there. And we know God's saying, don't do that. Something that's, that's going to comfort us is over there. And we know God's saying, don't go there. You know, every time we go there, we rob ourselves. We actually, and we frustrate what God is trying to produce in us. What God is trying to, because what God is trying to do, He's trying to transform us. He's trying to take our old flesh and our old man and transform us into a kingdom man or a kingdom woman. That a kingdom man or kingdom woman has the life of Christ in them. That's what his goal is. His goal is transformation rather than just prospering your old flesh. The Bible has never promised God to save you, forgive you, and just keep you the same and make you blessed. Without willing, a willingness to deny our flesh, those blessings are impossible to come by. They're illusional. But Jesus said, once you actually deny yourself and come and take up your cross and follow me, that is how you lose your life, but it's ironically how you find it. That's how you find kingdom life. My, my, uh, when I was a kid, I used to play in the playground, I used to have a saying, finders, keepers, losers, weepers. <laughs> the truth is, losers are keepers. You lose your life, you keep it eternally, and you lose it, you find kingdom life now. Now. Everyone's very quiet this morning because this is not one of those, God's going to give you favor and God's going to prosper you. It's like, but this is, 
Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I heard it in the playground. I think I heard it in the playground when I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised, but I got a big birthday this year. Um, yeah. So what I'm saying to you today is, and I, I probably need to challenge some people today. If you want to get where God wants to take you, firstly, you don't need to know about Jesus. You need to have a face-in-face encounter with him. You need to have Jesus in all his majesty be revealed to you by the Holy Spirit. Secondly, you need to then, once he has been revealed to you, you need to confess him and confess him as your savior. He is not only the Lord, he is your Lord publicly. And then you need to become not a believer, but a disciple. And we have to be a disciple-making church. And a disciple is someone who doesn't just believe God for the blessings, but is actually willing to follow the way and follow the way of Christ who denied himself in that garden of Gethsemane and came into his kingdom. And the way you come into kingdom blessings, there is only one way, and that is the same way, by being in that place where you want to go that way, but you know God's saying that way, and you deny your old man. Every time you do that, every time you do that, more kingdom life comes into your life. More of Christ comes into your life. More of the Holy Spirit comes into your life. You actually find kingdom life by losing your old life. So maybe you've believed in Jesus and you've understood that the cross is something which Jesus died on and you benefit by having your sin forgiven. But have you realized that you need to have a cross in order for you to be ongoingly transformed? You need to be, that your cross is, is your willingness to deny yourself and become obedient in order for you to experience ongoing transformation in your life, to become more and more like Jesus each and every day. Because God wants you to, he wants you to be in a place where your focus is Jesus and his teaching, Jesus and his will for me, Jesus and his honor, Jesus and his interest. That's what, that's what God wants me to be thinking about all day, every day. That's what he wants. He wants Jesus. Jesus. What is Jesus about? What is his, in, what is his interest for me? What, what, how do I get his honor on my life? How do, I, how do I please him? What do his teachings say? That's what he wants to be the focus. And in order for that to be, there must be a denial of self. There must be a denial of your flesh, which wants the very opposite. But once we're in that place, we're willing to deny that flesh. His life comes forth in ever-increasing measure. 
So, are you experiencing that? Are you you knowing that your life is being changed? Do you know that you are experiencing His glory and His power and His honor in your life? Remember, Isaac. Isaac came into... I've, I've... been studying him in my own devotional life while I was in, um, in Africa because it's important that we don't just use the Bible as a textbook but we have our own devotional life and I was reading Isaac in the mornings when I was over there and I realized all Isaac ever knew in his whole life was the abundance of God, was the goodness of God. Abraham didn't even have that. Because when Abraham's flesh wanted to go to Egypt, Abraham went to Egypt. But when Isaac, when his flesh wanted to go to Egypt, Isaac denied himself and then came into all the abundance and all the goodness of kingdom life. Every test... Every test of when your flesh wants to go that way, and God's saying this way, is an opportunity. It's an opportunity to get more of Christ, more of His kingdom. If you come into that place where you know daily, daily, it's got to be about Christ. It's got to be about His interests, about His teachings. And in order for that to be, I must continue to deny what my old man wants. God has got a plan for us that is so, so, so good. You know, I, I, I believe I've just, just kind of touched a little bit of God's goodness and His plans for my life. But I, I do know there is, there is a time in my life where Michelle and I were offered a, a role in America, just to finish. And uh, yeah, it's a bit like Egypt for Isaac. And it was, you know, a big role over there working for a Christian organization. It paid a lot of money. And we went over there. And while we were over there, God made it really, really clear that although all my friends were saying, this is God's blessing for your life, that God said, it's not my will for you. And there was a part of me that so wanted, just so wanted to go there because it looked easy. So it just, my flesh just so wanted all the... You know, America's the contemporary land of milk and honey. And we were offered a, uh, a big, big salary. Multiples of what we've ever earned. And mainly credit is due to Michelle because she said, this is not God. That's all we know, it's not God. And... I think over the years, when I've reflected on that, if we had gone that way, I don't think our marriage would have survived. I don't think our children will be what they are today. But we've come back like Isaac and built, uh, we've just decided to live where God has decided for us to live. And we, He has blessed our socks off. We have known His goodness, we've known His provision. We've seen exactly what Isaac's seen. God's opened doors for us. And we know we've been transformed 
more and more every day into the likeness of Jesus. We're all going to get tested like that. Know that every test is an opportunity for more of his kingdom. Let me pray for us. Father God, I want to thank you that Jesus is the way. And you want us to not only experience the benefits of his death, but you want us to live in the blessings of his life. And in Gethsemane, Lord, your son, he didn't want that cross. Father, his flesh wanted something else. But he prayed, yet not my will, your will be done. And Father God, after that, he went right through to his destiny. You lifted him up. You exalted him to the right hand of heaven. And you gave him the kingdom. And Father, you want to give us Christ. You want to give us the kingdom of heaven. You want to give us the very life of Jesus. You want to give us all the kingdom blessings of your honor and your power and your glory. But you can't give it to us, Lord. You can't give you. We can't have it all. Father, I'm asking that you, as we go today, Lord, you would do something fresh in us. That, Lord, you would, you would give us a revelation, not only of who Jesus is, but the power of denial. The power of saying no to our old nature and yes to you. Father God, that every time we do it, we get more of Christ. We get more of you. So, Father God, I declare victory. I declare victory over temptation. I declare victory over the flesh. I declare that we shall reign over the old man, that the new man in Christ may come forward, that the new person in Christ may be more formed each and every day, and that we may live in your kingdom to a greater degree each and every day. All the people said, yes, and amen, and amen. Jenny, you're going to do uh, communion for us. Maybe we have one more song. We'll just praise God one more time, and then you come bring communion. Amen.